Our planet formed around 4.6 billion years ago. However, it started supporting life only after 2.2 billion years of its formation. Since then, many species of microbes, plants and animals have evolved on its surface, and many have gone extinct over the years. Currently, Earth supports 8 billion human beings and millions of other species of animals and plants. So, how did we go from an empty floating rock to this vibrant and colourful world we know today? Hello, curious minds. This is Celine again in yet another space episode with our special guest Feta Hanzai from Physica Club, and we are here to recite to you the story of Earth. The history of Earth is divided into four time periods we call eons, and our story begins with the Hadean Eon around 4.6 billion years ago, in a disc-shaped cloud of dust and gas rotating around the early sun, made of material left from its formation. Slowly these leftovers settled together and collected into clumps, then chunks, then boulders, and finally bodies called planetesimals large enough to exert their own gravity. As time went by, planetesimals collided with other bodies and grew larger. As they did, the energy of each collision was tremendous. By the time they reached 100 kilometers or so in size, planetesimal collisions were energetic enough to melt and vaporize much of the material involved. Earth's rocky core formed first, with heavy elements colliding and binding together. Dense material sank to the protoplanet's center, while lighter material built up the crust. Earth's magnetic field is thought to have likely formed around this time. As part of this process of accumulation and collision, scientists theorize that Theia, an early protoplanet the size of Mars, hit Earth in such a way that it ejected a considerable amount of material away from it. Some proportion of this ejecta escaped into space, but the rest consolidated into a single spherical body in orbit around Earth, creating the Moon. The Hadean Eon is largely characterized by a period known as the Late Heavy Bombardment, during which the young Earth and Moon experienced countless impact events. Since the inner solar system was so crowded during these far-off times, the whole planet was likely covered by an ocean of lava dozens of miles deep. The violent scorching surface was a product of the constant stream of impacts from outer space, coupled with the energy being released from the formation of Earth's molten core. At its peak, the temperature was probably around 10,000 degrees Celsius. Unsurprisingly, the atmosphere was completely different to what we're used to breathing today. Instead of a healthy mix of nitrogen and oxygen, the Hadean air consisted mostly of hydrogen left over by the formation of the solar cloud. This early atmosphere stabilized over the course of the eon as constant volcanic eruptions filled the skies with other gases, such as nitrogen and carbon dioxide. Eventually, most of the lighter gases that made up the early atmosphere escaped from Earth's gravity, allowing heavier elements to take their place. The early stages of the late heavy bombardment ended around 4 billion years ago, so the surface started to cool enough for a solid crust to form out of the fiery mantle. It is hypothesized that the first oceans on Earth formed during the late Hadean Eon. Nonetheless, they would have been very different to what we know today. 
With surface temperatures estimated to be over 200 degrees Celsius, liquid oceans could only exist without vaporizing due to the much higher atmospheric pressure, combined with an extremely heavy greenhouse effect. Eventually, the evolution of plate tectonics hailed in a new geological eon by trapping a large portion of these greenhouse gases inside the Earth and allowing the surface to cool. The Archean is the second geologic eon of Earth's history, spanning from 4 to 2.5 billion years ago, and it is divided into four eras. First is the Eoarchean, from 4 to 3.6 billion years ago. It started during the late heavy bombardment, with the Earth's climate starting to stabilize, temperatures beginning to cool down, although still remaining very hot, and oceans starting to form. The ocean's formation is believed to have been the product of the aforementioned asteroid bombardment, with some estimating that half of Earth's water at this point in time was originally from space. It is also believed that the earliest physical evidence of life dates back to this era, with microfossils found from at least 3.7 billion years ago. Second is the Paleoarchean, from 3.6 to 3.2 billion years ago. This is the era to which we can trace back our earliest undisputed evidence of life on Earth from around 3.48 billion years ago, in the form of fossilized stromatolites, or microbial mats formed by prokaryotes, a single-celled organism that is believed to be the first form of cellular life on Earth. One notable type of prokaryotes that appeared during this era is cyanobacteria. The first organism known to have produced oxygen through photosynthesis. Valbara, one of Earth's first supercontinents, is believed to have formed around this time. Third is the Mesoarchean, from 3.2 to 2.8 billion years ago. Almost the entire surface of the Earth was covered by a shallow ocean during this era. Microbial life continued expanding and ended up influencing Earth's atmospheric composition especially through the evolution of photosynthesis, which is known to have triggered Earth's oldest glaciation, the Pongola Ice Age. Some million years later, the supercontinent Valbara started breaking up. The last Archean era is the Neoarchean, from 2.8 to 2.5 billion years ago. This era is characterized by a large buildup of oxygen in the atmosphere, due to various environmental changes that encouraged oxygenic photosynthesis. Other major events include the formation of the supercontinent Kinorland and the appearance of the first terrestrial prokaryotes. The next eon is the Proterozoic, first of which is the Paleoproterozoic, from 2.5 to 1.6 billion years ago. And this one is divided into three eras, first of which is the Paleoproterozoic, from 2.5 to 1.6 billion years ago. It is the era of continental shield formation and continents starting to stabilize. It's also believed this is when eukaryotes, organisms with cells that have a nucleus, first appeared. Although the most important event in this era is perhaps the oxygen catastrophe, or the greatest oxidation event, which was a massive buildup of O2 in the Earth's atmosphere caused by cyanobacteria. Which was a massive buildup of O2 in the Earth's atmosphere caused by cyanobacteria that led to the extinction of most life forms on the planet.
This happened because most of these organisms did not require oxygen for growth, and so having it in excess would intoxicate and, as seen in this case, kill them. Next era is the Mesoproterozoic, lasting from 1.6 to 1 billion years ago. It's the first era of Earth's history to have a fairly definitive geological record. The Paleoproterozoic supercontinent Columbia broke up during this time and ended up forming Rodinia. Sexual reproduction, an essential feature of multicellularity, is believed to have appeared in this era, evidenced by macrofossils of a type of red algae that is considered the first organism to exhibit this behavior. Last era is the Neoproterozoic, one to half billion years ago. It is best known for the severity of the glaciations that hit Earth during its time. The excess of oxygen that existed in the atmosphere reacted with methane, weakening the greenhouse effect and causing the Earth to completely or partially freeze over in periods of glaciation known as Snowball Earth. Following these events, the Avalon explosion occurred, and the earliest forms of complex multicellular life, including the earliest animals, were formed. Most of these rapidly disappeared before the beginning of the Cambrian explosion. The fourth and last aeon in the history of Earth, the Phanerozoic, started with the Cambrian explosion 540 million years ago. Its first of three eras, the Paleozoic, was long believed by geologists to mark the beginning of life for the sudden abundance of complex organisms with hard parts in the fossil record. These organisms included trilobites and shelled animals called cephalopods. Cephalopods were the ancestors of modern squids and octopi. Life was restricted to the sea and included graptolites, brachiopods, and mollusks. Looking for land to put our feet on, a single southern landmass consisted of what is today South America, Africa, India, Antarctica, and Australia. In the Northern Hemisphere, landmasses that represent North America, Siberia, Northern Europe, Western Asia, and China had not yet joined the southern landmass. They were essentially a lowland that was periodically flooded by the ocean. By the end of the Paleozoic, all of the continents had come together to form Pangaea. This formation resulted in extreme seasonal weather conditions and one of the greatest periods of extinction in Earth's history. Up to 75% of the amphibian species and 80% of the marine species disappeared. This time was also marked by the rapid development of land plants, forests of short trees, armor-plated fishes, sharks, and bony fishes. The Devonian period, the fourth period in the Paleozoic era, is known as the Age of Fishes. Air-breathing amphibians began to move from ocean to land. As plants evolved and the very base of nutrition chain appeared, large tropical swamps dominated much of the landscape. Moving a bit further in the time scale, the Mesozoic era occurred from about 245 million to 66 million years ago. The fossil record from this era, the age of the dinosaurs, is dominated by a multitude of dinosaur species. By the mid-Mesozoic, Bangia rifted into northern Laurasia and southern Gondwana land. Igneous and volcanic activity formed the mountain ranges in western North America. In the Mesozoic era, reptiles laid eggs on land, dinosaur species included meat-eaters, 
herbivores, winged and marine reptiles. Mammals were just beginning to emerge during this time. The end of the Mesozoic is marked by more mass extinctions. The saddest to my heart, due to what is theorized to be a meteorite fall. The dinosaurs were gone. Surviving species included turtles, snakes, crocodiles and various lizards. The Cenozoic era is also called the age of recent life or age of mammals. Encompasses the last 66 million years of the Earth's history. Life forms continued to become more complex. The Cenozoic has the most complete geologic record of any era because it is so recent. The continents were fully separated. Plate tectonic activity created many orogenic and volcanic events. The fossil record indicated a diverse array of mammals, flowering plants, grasses, and microscopic foraminifera. New birds and mammals evolved that were adapted to the new vegetation species. Prehistoric humans also began to emerge. Waves of mass extinctions occurred toward the end of the Pleistocene epoch, including those of mammoths, mastodons, saber-toothed cats, crowned sloths and camels. The planet also went through many glaciations that helped shape our present Earth, environment and species. Our planet is at an ever-changing state due to several long-term influences. These include the chemistry at Earth's surface, the cooling rate of the planet's interior, the gravitational interactions with other objects in the solar system, and a steady increase in the sun's luminosity. And recently, a new factor has emerged, which is the pervasive influence of technology introduced by humans, which could cause significant changes to the planet. For example, the current Holocene extinction is being caused by technology and its effects may last for up to 5 million years. We've come to the end of our episode, dear science nerds. We are going to leave you with some words by the great astronomer and science communicator, Carl Sagan. Get lost in his echo. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known.